Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Two Half Squads. The Two Half Squads, or it's, do you say the the Two say Half the, Squads? Either way is fine. Or with the Two me. Half Squads. It could be that way also. Yeah. And this is a special episode, Jeff. They're all special. I'm you feeling special. You have your own special way. <laughs> I think we're disturbing people. I didn't know you were tone deaf. Are we bothering you? <laughs> no? Okay. I think we're, they're looking at us. We're actually at the ASL Open. Yeah, we're live at the ASL Open in Oak Brook, Illinois. Oak Brook Terrace, I think, officially. Oak Brook Terrace, Illinois. And it's a really exciting day. Jeff was here late. Jeff, do you want to talk about why? Well, my lovely wife, uh, Robin, had a issue with a tooth that she's kind of been struggling with over a couple of months, but now it's, it really flared up, and I had to take her for an emergency root canal this morning. So at 10.15, took her in at 11.15, we left there, and she was happy, and I got her situated at home and got on down here. Yeah, so. So and I came out by myself, just said, well, if the thing's at 10.15, I can pick you up at 11.30, and I said, I don't, I don't think you understand how long it's going to take you, Jeff, to get her home. And this guy was amazing. Take care of her, man. I sat in there. I sat in the room with her as he as he worked. It was amazing to watch the guy. But he's been doing root canals for forty five. Is there years. a lot of blood and stuff? Or? No, none at all. And so I, I drove up by myself. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and root canals don't look nearly as bad as um, like learning heart. learning OBA. <laughs> open heart surgery. Yeah, or open heart surgery. So well, it's good to be here. And I headed up nice here thing. by yeah. myself then early, and I um, set up uh, Ghost Riders ASL AP22. As Jeff and I will attempt to continue our Italian scenario pack yeah. uh, games, and I walked around the room and I thought, oh, I will sit and watch a great player like Bob Bendis play squad leader while I'm waiting for Jeff. What an opportunity! And I remembered that just how boring it is to sit and actually watch. Two guys play squad leader. I'm not. I have not ever really done that. I don't think so. Go, I'll, I'll go try it right now, Jeff. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be back in just a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no, think it would be fascinating. Like four but. dice rolls. No, it's it's like. What were you familiar okay, with I'm the scenario shoot. they were playing? Yeah, but when you walk up and look, it, it takes hours to actually play. Now, if you yeah. time lapse photography the thing, yeah, or filmed it and did a fast forward, mm-hmm. watched it and fast forward, you might see the strategy going on. Yeah, but. Just, I, I just couldn't sit there for hours to watch the whole game be played out, and so it's boring. Well, I am going to try it when we take a break from from this. I'm going to go and watch somebody for 10 minutes, and then I'll report back. Okay. Because I've never really done it. All right. So you're not in the tournament. I'm not in the tournament. We're just here, like, free le- because we're celebrities. We are, actually. <laughs> we did have some people come up that recognized we our did. voices. We did. That was nice. And yeah. got a new listener yeah. who said he just heard about it. Yep. Come on up. So tell all your friends, folks out there, that we're out here. Uh, Unless you want them to stay your friends. <laughs> correct. And while Jeff was gone, I, I did scope out, and I had people coming up and telling me who to interview today. Oh, so we've got some good interviews. Yeah, people yeah. came up and go, hey, that guy over there is from Bounding Fire Productions. Oh. Scott. Brian. Bri- Joe. <laughs> what was his name again? Milt. Scott. Oh, it's horrible. But we're going to uh, interview him. We're going to interview Jeff DeYoung, the maker of the Squaw Leader Special Boards. Oh, that'll be exciting. I hear he's a fascinating interview. He is a fascinating interview. I hear he does really good imitations. Should we start right now with Jeff DeYoung? How much do you have? Ten minutes? Yeah. Five minutes. He's waiting for his opponents to come. He's he's arriving here. Microphone number three. Yeah, there we go. There he is. How's it going, guys? Good. Going going great. Nice to meet you, 
I don't think we met last year. I, I don't remember. But you I guys were here. I remember yeah. seeing you. Yeah, I've met Jeff a couple times. Yeah. Um, we also referred to him. You referred to him with the wrong last name on the show. No, I didn't. Jeffrey Hallett. Yes, you did. Okay. Did somebody call me DeVries? Yes, that was Jeff Hallett. Uh, I want you to know that's a heinous insult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we were corrected that I it was your you, yes. Mr. Dion. Well, here, have a free gumball. Free gumball. Okay. That'll endear, my, endear me to you. It's our free uh, two half squads gumball machine. Yeah, I told, the right way. I told them we needed to charge for those to try and make some more money to buy new microphones, but... <laughs> Thank you. It's a oh, challenge to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> out of there. But Jeff DeYoung does these fantastic three-dimensional boards. This is correct, the foam boards. Foam core maps, yeah. And how do you do that? Um... Make a copy of the map. Usually enlarge it because if you use a standard size hexes, you just end up tipping everything over when you're on hill boards. Yeah. So I usually enlarge it uh, 27%, sometimes 50%. And if it's just a half map, I might do a hundred. Uh, uh, it'd be like a hundred percent enlargement, so it'd be yeah. a 200%, 200%. presentation. Mm-hmm. Then you just glue it down to foam core. And then use a number two X-Acto knife to cut it out with a big handle because it's a lot easier to work with than the small knives. Yeah. You just cut the levels out one by one. And build it up. So build you can it up. really tell what level you're on. Yeah. And you, you realize you're like one step away from becoming a miniature war gamer. I've got... A three-dimensional train. Well, I've got an enormous collection of GHQ stuff. Oh. I've got probably all of their vehicles. As he far is as a I know, <laughs> in fact, uh, when we play on those large maps, quite often we will use the vehicles. We still use the squad counters for the infantry, but we will use the vehicles. Yeah, and Jeff's not familiar with GHQ. Do you know no, what they I'm are? Not. No, they are the one, one two eighty five, eighty fifth scale uh, World War II vehicles. So they're about the size of a penny or so, smaller. Yeah. And I had a collection for a little while with Streets of Fire when it first came out. Yeah, I remember and, those packs. Um, yeah, and then I went ahead and sold those off on eBay at some point when I went actually to, like, 20-millimeter miniatures. So and then yep. I converted some 15s over to, to play squad leader with. Oh, yeah. And I uh, was using those. So I thought, well, I don't need the GHQ and the boards. So we just started making up scenarios to play on big you know, open terrain, like a railroad train and stuff. Yep. But, now, Jeff, you also make these plastic ones. The laminated maps. And what do you put around there? It's just roll laminate. And then uh, you have the title and the turn record next to it? Yeah, the name of the scenario, the turn record, the date that it takes place. Um, sometimes the victory conditions, if it's enough room around the edges of the map or whatever. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that um, thing that came out in the last dispatches from the bunker. It was a, a three Japanese set using the same maps. No. And there was a fair amount of terrain changes. Well, I took those maps, and I made those up. Now, some people can, because I don't do Vazel. I guess you can download them right off Vazel. Ah, uh, yeah. But I don't do Vazel, so I went ahead and made them up myself, put all the terrain changes in. I mean, I've got a whole set of maps that if I'm playing, say, in November, a scenario set in November, um, I've got maps with all the grain removed from the map. I have maps for deep snow where all the brush and all the grain is removed. I've got maps with uh, all the hills removed. How do you go about removing that stuff? I do it by hand. You just cut. You mean with like a pair of shears, like a garden exacto knife? Oh, I see. (laughs) But I mean, if you you cut it out, then there's a hole in the map. Well, what what you do? Yeah. What you do is 
and it's more expensive the way I do it. Just pretend like I'm dumb, okay? <laughs> which shouldn't be too hard as you get to know me better. You just make a few copies of the map and say you're going to get rid of a hill, but you want to keep the train that's on the hill. It's just that the SSR says the hills aren't there anymore. Yeah. So I'll make several copies of the map, <laughs> cut out all the open ground terrain from the, from the copies that are extra, and then paste those over the hill. Oh, but I see. if there's buildings or woods or something on there, you have to cut those out with an X-Acto knife. You've got to be very careful and around put, the edges. And put them and back down. And then put them back down. And like for buildings, you can just hold the map up to a light after you put the, the uh, clear terrain down, and you can see the outline of where the building was, and then you just glue it on where you're looking at the light. Oh, I see. Kind of time-consuming. It's probably a lot easier ways to do it, but like I said, I don't do Vazel, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of hands-on. And I am similar, in a similar vein. I had actually, and never mentioned this on the air before, but had um, also copied some of the boards out and started making my own overlays. Like, yeah. no one would ever actually use them, but, but I did. And then I realized, oh, I'm going to cut out open ground and cover up these buildings. Yep. So I would just stick them over things. And then I yep. took, like, the river board that has the islands in the middle. Yep. And it's a lot of scenarios are the islands are not there. Yep. So I cut out other big river sections and... Yep. Would, would set them over the river islands. So yep. I started doing what you were doing, and but haven't done it to the level that you've done it. it yeah, I, like. I do the same thing. I've got the islands removed on board seven. I actually have overlays for it. Where I can just lay overlays down and just cover the islands up. So you do this for your own, yeah, uh, amu- well, not amusement, but for your own purposes, but then you can reproduce them and you sell them? No, you, no, no, you, no, no, you no. Don't. You no, do them no, for your no. That would be copyright infringement. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, all, right, all right. You police guys, you you can go. We don't. We won't need you. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. very visual. I mean, when I'm looking at a map, I see what I see. Yeah. If the hills are there and the SSR say the hills aren't there, that's tough. To it me, is. the hills are still there. <laughs> yes. It is challenging. Yeah. And it's just easier for me. There's enough to remember in this game system, without having to remember train changes. So right. I put it in myself. Yeah. And but your 3D maps are, don't represent the actual elevations of full... Not not the, the trees and the buildings and all that stuff. You still have to visualize that. Yeah. But uh, the closest hill. I ever come to doing what you're talking about, you remember the uh, GHQ stuff, the foam core hexagons that they sold? Yeah, right. Well, I had a mess of those, and we actually reproduced several of the maps using those. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they were geomorphic and everything. Yeah. But it takes up an enormous amount of space to store those. Yeah, yes, because they're, they're so big. Yeah, and I actually have them all. And that's what my buddy had made me all my terrain hexes, uh, and they're all in hexes and they're individual. I would set up the board row by row with these, you know, coated with um, tr- turf, railroad turf, or put trees on it. Then it's a woods yep. hex, and did it all the way across. He designs these, and that is right here. Oh, here's have, one right here. Into Vienna Woods. Yep. And on this board, he's got the hill in the center going up four levels, three levels. Yep, and all the statistics around the site. That's fantastic Yeah, product. that's beautiful. Nicely yeah. done. All right, man. <laughs> well, and it's too bad you can't sell those. No, MMP would have a. You issue. would become rich. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah, realize right. how many like, of those you would sell? Sure, just like, like all Spend them. it all on lawyers. You would. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're going to end up hey, with your money anyway. But yeah. when you're in jail, you can make a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing something in jail. I don't know if it's that. <laughs> I guess they're not too uh, open-minded about that stuff, really. Are they? Eh, they, don't, they shouldn't be. Yeah. No. Intellectual property. Correct. But um, 
Well, then on the other uh, hand, how long have you been playing squad leader, advanced squad leader? Since, um, well, I've been doing it since squad leader came out, and then when they switched the system, I was pretty disgusted, so I gave it up for two years. Uh, but then someone got me to try a scenario from Beyond Valor, and I thought, well, this system makes a lot more sense now. I mean, I just didn't want to commit the money to it, but... yeah. Yeah, it's easy to, to like, I do D&D, sadly, but they went to 4th edition. I'm like, eh, I'm not yeah. switching. <laughs> you know, this but is I good. thought, what the heck, I'll take the plunge. I'll buy the robot. And been and, going ever since. And here you are at, at another, another tournament, and you yeah. come to all of them, the Open? I come to this one every year. Uh, I missed it two, three years ago, I think, because my wife had surgery. But I go to Winter War in Champaign in February. I go to March Madness off and on. I've been there twice. Where's that? March That's Madness. in Kansas City. Oh, okay. I go to, I've been to St. Louis a couple times. That's in July. Um, I go to Aslock every year. I think now, that's about it. That's a lot of them, though. Yeah. yeah. And oh, where do you live? Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Jeff, do you have anything else for Mr. DeYoung? Did you apologize yet for the wrong name? Yes. I, I'm sorry. Bob. Bob. If, if you ever met it's Bob DeYoung, <laughs> if you ever met the real DeVries, you'd understand my, my objection. I'm going to actually play that episode <laughs> back. I don't think it was me that made the mistake. Uh, Whoever it was. I'm almost always wrong, so I won't, I won't put any well, money wasn't Dave Anyway, Goldman I apologize. All right. Apology and I will, ne- I will never forget. <laughs> So All thanks right. for talking with yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, sure. and good Have luck in the time. tournament. Oh, yeah. what are you, what's your record right now? 3-0. Oh. Excellent. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. well, I'm starting to run into the buzzsaw now, so we'll see. <laughs> well, may you continue to have good juju. <laughs> oh, who are you playing with? Uh, uh, Matt Book. Okay. All right, well, good luck. Have fun. Right, thank you. And All look right. Who, look who dropped in. It's Dave Goldman. Dave Goldman. Hi, guys. How's it going? Welcome back. Well, no, thanks for having us back to yeah, your tournament. To your tournament. Actually. Well, it's great to have you guys here, and uh, we like having you here. And uh, people come by and have a little bit of fun talking about ASL. Uh, this year's tournament has had some rather interesting small dramas for me, or one rather major drama. Oh, tell us. Well, started off um, like clockwork. Everybody's checked in, and I don't have an assistant because Mike Naven isn't, unfortunately, able to make it this year. And it was just going fine, and got everybody into the computer, into the database, and then I fired up the scoring program, and I tried to get the games to match up the players, and it said, huh, where's the database? That's the program, Uh the scoring program talking to me. It couldn't find the database. What had happened is that I got a new computer. And I went over with Jeff Thompson, and we got the program all fired up and all that. And I have a newer version of Access. Yeah. And I have to disable the options on the old database that the new form of Access doesn't like, and I've forgotten to do it. So I matched up everybody by hand for the first round, which I do anyways. I mean, really, the computer doesn't do that one. And we started about half an hour late. Thinking that it was perhaps a software problem in the scoring program, I braved the expressway traffic on the Eisenhower because I live due east of here. The Eisenhower will be under construction for next year's ASL Open also. Uh, Yeah, that's right. And we will be here back in this same wonderful new venue 
It's on, been under construction since Eisenhower died, I think. Well, <laughs> every 18 years, whether it needs it or not, yeah. they resurface it. Oh, I see. Because uh, the construction company that's owned by the gang's local mob needs the work from the state of Illinois. Oh, did I say that? Oh, oh no, you didn't say that. Oh, but, you know, asphalt contractors and concrete contractors absolutely need our support. I mean, you know, it's like... Quite frankly, an American thing to do. Yeah. Uh, in any event, uh, I went back, got the disc, and came back, got everything going, still couldn't figure it out, and started looking and looking and looking, and then finally discovered if I had paid attention to the little light that said options disabled on the oh. access program, and I said, wait a minute, <laughs> I'll bet you this is where the problem is. And one click, and it was just running. And just run them fine. So the program is working flawlessly, like the Wayback Machine and uh, Rocky the Squirrel. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. Peabody's here, you know, and uh, his Wonder Boy Sherman. Uh, and it's been an interesting, that, yeah. interesting tournament. If uh, no one has mentioned it earlier, last year's winner, Bob Bendis, lost in the first round and, astoundingly enough, lost in the second round. Wow. Which means he has more losses this year already than he's had in the previous two years combined, since he didn't lose at all. Uh, and so that sort of opened up the field, and I think it's going to be a real scramble. Uh, at the end of the round tonight, we will have a single undefeated 5-0 and player because of the number of players we had at start. Mm-hmm. And if that player loses tomorrow in the final round, the chances are more likely that the person who beats him will still have enough points to win, but you never know. If somebody from the back of the pack um, is 5-1, and one, having beaten the uh, a person who was undefeated going into the final round, we may have tiebreakers in the formula to uh, determine the winner of this year's ASL Open, which is always kind of interesting and neat and fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where I actually have to sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and do some math. Oh, which no. I don't like, but yeah. uh, oh, no. you know, oh, you know no. yeah, that's that. Uh, but we have a fabulous new facility. I think it's pretty obvious that uh, this room probably would accommodate another ten to twenty players yeah. comfortably. Uh, that would put us up at seventy, since we now have, as of today, fifty people who've played at least one game. Um, and that's a nice turnout. It's a decent turnout. Yeah. It's a decent turnout. We've had four cancellations and. The Iowa crew didn't come in at all because there's a wedding of a daughter of one of the guys in Iowa, so they're all there, probably wishing after the wedding that they were here. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> they really got their priorities all messed up over there. <laughs> in you Iowa. know, you know, how can an ASL player who comes to this tournament virtually every year allow his daughter to get married on the weekend of the Open? Yeah, I think wouldn't that's, he have some say in that? He might dad, have some father, say in it, but, Brian. but it obviously didn't work out too well. Uh, anyways, Kids don't respect their parents enough. That's, that's uh, the decline of American values yeah. is mirrored in ASL, <laughs> without question. <laughs> and um, I've already posted to Game Squad forums the um, pictures of every single player who's played here, except I have to get Tim. I don't think I've got his picture oh, yet. Klepasek. Klepasek. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I let you we're pronounce gonna have that Tim last o- name. We're going to have Tim over later to, to say his name for us again. 
Yeah, and, and it's good he got to play today, right? He just yeah. pick yes, up he game? Well, I, well, he thinks it's a pickup game, but it will actually count in the tournament. Oh, oh, oh he's playing. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's don't good. Tell him. Yeah, don't tell him. I know, he gets, he gets upset nervous. about that. That's how you yeah. work him in, you know? Yeah, well, you know, the first hit's free. <laughs> yeah. I didn't charge him an admission fee since it was clear he was only going to play this afternoon. Now, have you had any uh, need to step in and adjudicate uh Yes, I have one game that actually, ultimately, they agreed at my suggestion that it was just too darn close to call. Oh. Uh, Breakout from Hungary between Keith St. Clair and Larry Winslow, Uh, both of whom are players who, uh, Larry, I believe, has been out of the tournament scene for quite a long time. Uh, And a rather amazing story. I believe he said he lost 130 pounds. When he walked in, I did not recognize him. Wow. Uh, And Keith St. Clair has been, I think, an f- irregular uh, attendee in the last several years, although in the early years, in the mid, early mid-90s, he was every year at the ASL Open. And it's good to see guys uh, come back when they're, as they say, uh, life is what interferes with ASL, right. and that they're coming back and planning on the tournament team, which is a lot of fun. And who is uh, 3-0 and right now? You know, you know honestly, truthfully, happens? I don't pay attention to it, so I don't know. Okay. I believe Stan Jackson is the number one. Uh, Mike Stubitz, I know. And Mike Stubitz is uh, 3-0. and And who else? My well, mind is all fogged up. I couldn't yeah. tell you. And, and in a couple more hours here, we'll know who's 4-0. and That's right. And then we'll have the big old raffle, which will be a lot of fun. Always a good time. You have plenty of questions lined up. Well, this year I'm not sure. I don't think I'm going to do the questions this year. Number one, it slowed it down too much. And number two, the questions were too darn tough. There were some (laughs) tough ones last year, yeah. I mean, you know, the Ultimate World War II quiz book is what we're all referring to, and it is at points so obscure as to be impossible to answer the questions. I mean, you would literally have to be, uh, you know, total photographic memory of World War II material to get some of the answers. So I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just. I also scheduled in an hour between round uh, four and round five today. Allow people to a get something to eat and b come back for the raffle. Yeah, and, and that that's done. what I really enjoy about the way you're running it these days. That I actually got to go to lunch with Bob, and then seven other guys came into the restaurant at this right while we were eating and it seemed like most everyone had a good hour or more to to, to have a good lunch break in fact bob was contemplating holmstrom uh, either having a second beer at lunch or going to his room and taking a a half an hour nap or going for a swim in the pool (laughs) and that's the kind of thing that'll get you refreshed and ready to play two more games of asl yeah yeah especially after you've uh, managed to spend up good portion of the previous evening drinking and playing asl and then staying up till all hours and your brain still hurts yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, you know asl is a game where we could probably put the slogan we kill brain cells <laughs> yeah might, might legally, not be a bad, legally yes might not be a bad way to advertise because there's plenty of people who'd be into that i'm sure <laughs> is there any any good gossip any uh no, anything nasty fact, going on we should know about I know, no, you know, as a matter of fact, this is one of those years where I haven't heard too much complaining about wives and spousal task checks or anything like that. Oh, yeah. And it seems that each year the room atmosphere gets friendlier and friendlier. I think one way that I could say that I describe this particular tournament is it's just a weekend of playing ASL. And the only thing that I do is make sure that the scenario selection phase is a little bit shorter than normal if you were just going over to someone's house and play. Because 
practically no one. I've had maybe ten people ask me a question about rules. I was asked to check a line of sight once because the board was. Uh, it was a real squirrely. Was there a patch of wood blocking a vertex or not? Vertice, or not? And um, that was pretty much it. Hmm. I mean, it's been very, very quiet and easy once I got the darn computer running. Well, well we certainly want to thank you for running this tournament. Yeah, um, it's great. I'm having just a great time. In fact, I told Jeff, I think we're having more fun than the players because we get to just talk with people, <laughs> walk around, play our own little pickup game here. Yeah. And, you know. you know, I forgot to mention, you know, we've got Alex Key. He tries to make it every year. This year he's made it, and he managed to get in, I think, a couple of games yesterday. And... Um, you know, we've got a nice uh, selection of stuff in our raffle, as we mentioned earlier, and uh, Larry Zoak brings uh, stuff to sell. And so, you know, people stock up on what's missing in their ASL collections also here, and lots of shop talk, so to speak. Yeah, yeah and Alex has actually the, I think he has some of the LFT from the sellers that are out of production, even. He's got like four or five of each one yeah. in there, so you can find some stuff here while it's still... Well, he's still got it, and he's a great guy, too. And I, I agree with you about the atmosphere. It does seem really friendly here. Yeah. yeah. So. It's nice. This year, Last year it was in the hotel. Had, you had two separate rooms. It's nice everybody's in one yeah. room here. Cause yeah. it's, the, the happiest mistake that a hotel ever made as far as the ASL Open is concerned is what happened last year where through a series of, uh, I'll say, coincidences, A, they didn't have the full two rooms that we needed. We only had three-quarters of the room ultimately available to us. B, because it's two separate rooms, even though that hotel is slightly more upscale than this one, um, it's not as much fun because you can't see everybody playing and just yeah. walk around and easily talk to anyone. Uh, you have to go out a room and down a corridor. So um, I found this place, while we were in serious jeopardy last year of not having enough space, period, and uh, it's turned out to be, as I said, a happy confluence of events, and we're really, really pleased with this new place. And I think they're ecstatic with us, by the way. Okay. Uh, so we should say we're at the Holiday Inn here in Oak Brook. Correct. So coming to some business, folks. Brook, technically, we're in Oak Brook Terrace. Um, and we're about to get our picture taken. This is exciting. Just keep talking. Okay, I'll just keep on talking. <laughs> we hate dead air. Right. There can be dead counters. Okay, we'll edit out the dead air, but the um, dead counters that are over here, fortunately, they're not beginning to smell too much. Um, you know, because <laughs> That's the, the thing about the yeah, cardboard yeah, counters. Yeah, but the housekeeping staff has really been you know, on their toes and all that sort of stuff. And um, we're just having a good time here this year. Well, and I'd like to brag about something I did today, which was to grab the manager of the local Kentucky Fried Chicken that was standing in the doorway watching what was going on inside here and i could see he was thinking about coming in and asking some questions and he really wanted to so i, I made eye contact and and he said yeah uh excuse me what's this asl and boom i had him in the room explaining the is that game because you want to bring another gamer in or that you'd like free chicken t- <laughs> <laughs> this is how you grow the hobby folks if there's people watching bring them in Bring him in, show him what's going on, and I told him he can look up the, my uh, Palatine Club anytime. And he, uh, you know, he, he might do it. But he was a guy who played the other game, Axis now. But that's the way to get some new new blood in. That game's for losers. It's simple, simpler. Yeah, but quite a well, bit. an idea that was passed along to me, which I may 
do a little advertising on uh, and see if we can get some interest is for Saturday, in addition to the mini tournament, which is ongoing right now, which is really very simple because it's automatic, anybody who comes to the ASL Open, regardless of whether they arrive on Saturday or Friday, if they start Saturday without a win, they're automatically entered into a three-round mini tournament, which is the same scenarios as the main tournament. And, of course, the people who are in the main tournament who are just eligible for the mini tournament, those are the ones who participate, and they could win a plaque. But it was suggested to me that you run a starter, that I should run a starter kit yeah. uh, hmm. tournament. And if I could get eight or 16 people who were interested in playing three rounds of starter kit scenarios, granted the scenario selection uh, list of scenarios that are possible for that is somewhat limited. And you know, it certainly wouldn't be five for each round because I don't think that would be fair. You'd have yeah, a good don't. portion if not one half of all starter kit scenarios at that point. Uh, but it's something that I'm giving very serious thought to and see if I can do a little bit of advertising and see if there's any interest in an all-starter kit mini-tournament running alongside the ASL Open. Oh, that's a great I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. If, and, uh, we could get, if we could get people who are only playing starter kit to come in and play side-by-side -side with people who are playing the full ASL system, uh, I suspect we'd have more graduates from starter kit to ASL than are occurring now and I couldn't tell you that there's a lot occurring now because uh, the number of new young players this year is I believe zero. I believe every player who is here has been on the tournament scene for some time uh, or returning to the tournament scene such as Brian Martuzas. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a lot of young, young people but Doug, well, Doug Grees is here. Doug is a younger guy, but, you know, he's still uh, not in his 20s. You know, I, I'm looking Correct. for the 20-year-old player <laughs> who wants to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and beat the pants off of somebody like Bob Bendis, uh, you know, who will oblige him by staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning and beating the pants off of him probably, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Everything looks like it's going well, and, uh, again, we appreciate that you're running this thing, and uh, maybe you can stop back a little later and give us, give us an, an update. update. I'll give you an update, and next time I step up to the microphone, I'll actually have a list. All right. Well, thank you. Sounds okay, good. guys. See you. All right. Thanks. See you, Dave. All right. And now we have another interview here from recorded during the uh, here here at the Open. At the we'll Open Lock. 2010. Yeah. Or <laughs> the St. Louis tournament. We have Jim Burris. And you're famous because? Well, I don't know if I'm necessarily famous. But I do. Uh, I am the tournament director for the St. Louis ASL tournament. That's, among among that's, other things, I might be famous for. That's <laughs> or infamous. Or infamous. For, yeah. Right? Well, you're famous to us because you sent us some beer. You are the only one of the few listeners to actually send us beer, and we want to thank you. We wish that Bendis would send us beer, but Bendis not this year. No. That was Bendis asking where the camera was because <laughs> last year he remembers being. Uh, yeah, we just brought the microphones this time. Bob, so, and this is again Jim Burris, and uh, so yes. thank you for that beer. He sent us beer, Bob. Two six packs. Yep, from St. Louis, and he sent them up with Bob Holmes from, and they actually got to us. Yeah, all that 12. was a miracle. We just found out that Jim, the Scott Martin, I'm talking there. 
that that uh, a kid that was in high school, sophomore, I played advanced squad leader, ended up being Jim's roommate in Naval. Yeah, yeah. Scott Martin, a friend of mine in college, went we went to uh, Naval ROTC together, and uh, we're buddies out in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, while we were in the Navy, and. Back then, I, I didn't game, or I had gotten out of gaming, and Scott would try to get me to play this silly game with a lot of counters, and, <laughs> and I wasn't interested in it, and he sat me down at the table, and then uh, then I lost contact with him for 16 years. And 25 years for me. 25 years for Bob, and I was the whole time, I just every year I'd think, I wonder what Scott's doing, and I wonder if that game he was trying to teach me was squad leader. And I finally got in touch with him. Gosh, probably back in February, he was on um, LinkedIn, and I contacted him, and we got re-in-touched, and uh, he actually went to the KC March Madness tournament and played, oh, ASL, played ASL for the first time in 16 years. Okay. <laughs> Small ASL world, isn't it? But it's... I was just thinking about him, too, like a few months ago. what Scott Martin's up to. He's such a cool kid, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then he saw my name. He saw my name. And he's like, let's see pop in this. Yeah. But I knew when I was a sophomore in high school. Like, we're in our 40s. Well, when is your tournament, Jim? It's it's always at the, the last full weekend in July. And that for this year, that's the 23rd through the 25th of July. So how did you pick then for your uh, for your tournament? I think it just happened that way. Uh, you like to see people sweat, do you? Yes, and and the hotel for the first couple of years, it's people people tell you that uh, the, the air conditioner wasn't large enough to keep the room cool enough for a bunch of uh, sweaty old guys. Yeah, and it, it nice. got pretty bad. I, I, nice. <laughs> but and actually, one year the air conditioner went out on us. So and in nasty end of July in St. Louis. And it, yeah, it can get warm there. We've been better off playing outside, I think. How long have you been running that tournament? Gosh, this will be our 13th year. And what I was going to say is that the first year, well, it was kind of a perfect storm for St. Louis. I had just moved from Columbia, Missouri, uh, where I'd been playing almost exclusively Doug Kirk. Uh, and we'd been playing for a number of years. And... Uh, I decided to move to St. Louis, and at the same time, or within like three months, Steve Brasseur, Dave Angersani, and Paul Sidhu had all moved to St. Louis. All of them are well-known, good ASL players, and we came together. Steve Brasseur's fiance at the time was the manager of the hotel where we hold the tournament still, and she was offering up uh, the game, one of her conference rooms for free for us to get together on a weekly basis, and... We started bringing people in, and the St. Louis crowd grew, and we had a, uh, a large number of people just playing there. And I decided, well, hey, we got enough people here. Let's throw together a little tournament. And it was a local tournament at first, first year. Just had a number of just the St. Louis guys uh, come in. And then I go, well, that was successful. Let's publicize it and start pulling other people in from other places. And I'm thinking that's about the time that I started going to the Winter War tournament as well. So we ever, you know, talked about it, talked it up there. And uh, Wes Vaughn came up from Arkansas to play in the tournament the following year. And so we went, you know, it, it just kept growing and finally kind of reached a plateau where we, where we get, uh, you know, mid-20s to low-30s in the attendance from year to year, depending Thou- on. Thousand? Yes. Yeah! Wow! Yeah, that that, that room <laughs> gets quite crowded. Yeah, that's extraordinary. 
No, it's a nice size tournament, though. Yeah, yeah. to pull in. Yeah, it is. And um, and how do you run the tournament? What's it like? Is it a well, it's a lot like this. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's kind of evolved over time. Uh, and uh, early on, I was a proponent of you know blind ASL. You come in, you don't know what scenarios are going to be on the list mm. because a lot of people prep for it and, so, yeah. and get the bat boards out and all that. And so I'm like, no, you're coming in, and we'll see what your skill is without having prepped and. Uh, that went on for a while, and then somebody convinced me to let the scenario list re, uh, release the scenario list early, which would likely increase attendance because people that could get this scenario list might look at it and say, "Oh yeah, let's go to this tournament," rather than not knowing what to expect. And you can talk to Bob Holmstrom that the selection of the scenario list has been uh, sorted. <laughs> There's a number of. I don't say gaffes, but really? some, some, of the, so? some of the scenarios that had been uh, selected weren't, uh, I'm not sure how to put it, but uh, <laughs> either real Go balanced ahead. or... Be blunt. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit because I, you, know, you, you think you read through a scenario card, you have a couple slots to fill, you're like, okay, I'll go through and, and pick out a scenario. I'm like, this one looks really good, and then... You know, and you've got four or five scenarios to pick per round, but people are looking at it and they're like, "Jim, did you realize this is a two-part scenario? That oh. Oh. You can't win by just playing this scenario. You've got to play the, the subsequent one as well." <laughs> or, or you know, you put in a scenario that uh, no. that the overlays don't exist. <laughs> well, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look. Yeah. Sure. Well, the, the the overlays existed, but they were no longer available, or. Or they were no, for I, third well, party. I, I, won't, I won't mention the, the third-party producer, but they produced a, a, a package of scenarios, and some of the uh, scenarios were re- looked like really good scenarios, and I would read through them, and, and I'm like, okay, that looks pretty balanced. I'll, I'll throw that one in this round, and didn't read the special rules close enough to find out that they had listed uh, an overlay that just didn't exist. It's not in... <laughs> We, you did, so you can't play it. So, so it was you like make, a typo, maybe? A, a typo, got out there. Or, or maybe they just wanted you to make up a, uh, an overlay. Who knows? <laughs> maybe that should Use be part overlay, of the game. XOP yeah, right. 28. <laughs> so, but oh. the, uh, last year I, I passed, and it, during a tournament, and you've talked to other tournament directors, there's a lot of work. Uh, getting it all set up and getting everything prepared. Uh, and I, I do a lot of things. We have we have the raffle on Saturday nights. We have uh, part of the administ- uh, part of the fee to get in the tournament buys you free barbecue. We have a big barbecue spread on Saturday night. We um, also have some games, and uh, every round we have we've been playing ASO Bingo, uh, and I've kind of modified that. So we'll see what it looks like this year. But um, no, it sounds like a lot of good good acti- good times, good right. activities. But I guess what I was trying to get at is that since there are a lot of things going on, I've passed off the uh, scenario selection for the tournament to Doug Kirk. He did it for me last year, and and he takes some input from me and from some other people, but uh, he's going to do that again this year. Something else I'd like to mention and uh, is the model that Jeff Itow puts together. And if anyone, I've seen them because oh, um, Bob right. Holmstrom has won one or two of those, right? Yes. yes. And in Bob Holmstrom's defense, he did not tell us of your bad scenario selection 
at the earlier tournaments, so he was a very honorable friend of yours. He did not belittle you by pointing that out to us ever. So, yeah. But yeah, the models made on the um, oh, they're fantastic. Seventy-second scale model kits mounted onto the plaques. Yes, yeah, and, and you can go to go to my website. Uh, I know you don't do URLs over no, the you, mic. No, you can do it though. You, <laughs> you go ahead. Can, do it. But, uh, I'll just give you the base URL, and it's my it's my personal homepage. But on my personal homepage is a link to the St. Louis tournament. And okay. It's real simple. It's just J A Burris. B U R R I S dot com. Yes, J A B U R R I S S I T E dot com. Okay. So Great. real simple. Go there, and uh, everything about the tournaments on that website. Uh, we keep we keep a a running ladder. Of all games played since 2000, uh, yeah, since 2000 on the website. So, if you come to the tournament and you play some games, well, if you've never been before, you get 1,500 points. And if you win, you gain points. If you lose, you lose points. And it kind of ranks you in games played at the St. Louis tournament. That's that's listed on the website. There's some links on there, and there's photos of uh, this model that we're talking about that uh, Jeff Itell does and. Anyone that's seen it will tell you what, what a great job he does. And that goes to the first place winner of the tournament. Yeah, and he does do a nice job. And I and I have modeled a lot. I've uh, done a lot of 72nd scale kits for Wargaming, actually for ASL and mm-hmm. for uh, Battleground miniatures games. And I do ASL and miniature also. And, and yeah, his models are very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. And he mounts them on like the counter reproductions of the counter, isn't that correct? Yes. Yeah, he takes, and I'm guessing it's probably about a foot-by-one-foot square plaque Yeah, that he blows up the counter. So, like, if he does a Greyhound, he'll do a model of the Greyhound, and then instead of having a depiction of the Greyhound on the model, he'll he'll wipe that out graphically, and it'll show the movement factors and the armament, and the, if it's turreted, it'll show the turret on it and all that, but the actual overhead graphic of the vehicle is wiped out and is replaced with the model that stands out of the off of the plaque yeah. in a three-dimensional Makes it method. three-dimensional and no offense to dave goldman's trophies over there but yours are better yes i would yeah. agree with that not yeah. counting his big cup but no one takes that home he's got those flat little plaques yeah no offense dave i know you're listening but <laughs> you can't compete with the three-dimensional model kit plaques. yeah that's yeah. pretty that's pretty spectacular yeah, and and as the number of people that have come to the tournament has kind of you know, you know gone up and gone down. Uh, initially, we were just running a, a single elimination tournament, just a bracket, and we were finding out that we'd end up potentially with people that had we didn't have any single undefeated person. And then you were like, then you'd have to come up with some sort of crazy point method. So I've I've adopted the uh, the method that the Open uses to score points. Uh, Jeff Thompson, a local guy here, and yeah, and John, yeah, Jeff. I, I he he Jeff. wrote the he wrote the original program. I don't know if he c- continues to maintain it for Dave, but he he gave me a copy of that, and I used that initially, and then I've developed my own version of it. He it was written initially in Access. I converted it over to Excel and and run it myself out of Excel now. So it's a point system. Opponents you beat. If they continue to win, you'll get points, and at the end. It, no one knows who the you know first, second, or third is, or potentially couldn't know until the last game is finished on Sunday. But something else I'm thinking about is, and I've kind of thrown this around and talked to Doug and some other guys in the area about going 
keeping it five rounds, but going to two rounds on Friday. And if anybody that's listening uh, comes to the tournament or has any suggestions on whether that would be a good idea or not, uh, I'd love to hear it because sometimes getting three rounds in on Saturday and finding scenarios that are small enough that you can get enough of them in the morning round and the, and the, and the midday round kind of really taxes people. And, and as the tournament director, I'm the first one in the room in the morning, and then I've got to stay up until the last guy finishes. And sometimes, you know, if, if they've been playing long and hard all day, it could be 3 in the morning. So, Wow. Yeah. I would that's just tough. go over there at midnight and call that game. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. And if you talk to any tournament director, they'll they'll tell you that's the thing they hate, hate to do. Hate to do. Yeah. They hate to do it probably more than anything at a tournament is to adjudicate a game because, well, yeah, it's just it's just tough on you. Yeah. And luckily I've only had to ever adjudicate two games at my tournament. Okay, so you have done it before. Yes. They were going really late? Well, they it was one of the it was either the morning or the midday game, and I couldn't make the next oh, round correct. until those games were finished. So I had to go over and say, "Okay, you guys, you got to wrap it up." And they keep playing, they keep playing, and I'm like, "Okay, that's it. Time's up." I gave you, you know, we went, we've already gone over half an hour. People are standing around wanting to start their next game, and I can't start it until until I make a decision here. Yeah, and, you just have to play fast. You have to yeah. stick. Players have to stick to the try and stick to that timeline. Right, and. No. And I know people will get on to me sometimes because I'll be sitting and I'll be thinking about where I want to move a tank, and I'll look at it for you know five minutes, and they'll say, "Okay, Jim, move the tank," and then I, got, <laughs> then I snap out of it and, and move the tank somewhere. It may not be where it needs to go, but at least I move it. Yeah, and you, there's so many options to look at with the thing, you know. Right. Counting your movement points. Am I going to make it to that location? Yeah. And all. So it's it is a, definitely a great game and can take a long time if you will think about it too much, but. Do you play other games besides Squad Leader? Yes. God I've, bless you. Yes. <laughs> well, initially, it was my, my gaming. I used to I play Dungeons and Dragons in high school, like a lot of people did. Yes, another D and D player. All right. Uh, yeah, I basically did that up until college, and then got out of that. You know, and, and my growing up, my dad was a big war gamer. He uh, and he, actually he just hung up his ASL hat about two years ago. Really? Yeah. He. He, I can't remember how many years he played, but he had was either getting ready to retire. I think he was getting ready to retire. He lived down in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, getting ready to retire, and uh, came up to one of the tournaments and said, "Well, this is interesting." And he'd been a big war gamer forever. He'd been playing miniatures, World War II miniatures, Napoleonic Wars miniatures, and all the different Avalon Hill board games for Dino and and uh, Panzer Blitz and all that. Uh, but he started playing and got him into it. But then a lot of the guys that he played in the St. Louis area moved away, and he didn't have any regular opponents. So he said, yeah, I can't really keep up with, with all the rules and keep competitive. So he's, I have all the stuff sitting in my basement mm, for yeah. now. But, um, but yeah, so he, he, uh, he got me into games when I was young, and, and I was... You know, he, he would always beat me, so I'm like, ah, I don't know. And, See, you gotta let people, you gotta let the rookies win sometime, folks. Right. I'm telling you. But I, uh, I, I, I went to college and kind of got out of gaming, and then I went into the Navy and didn't have time for it, and then I uh, went back to Mizzou to uh, finish up a degree, and that's when I met Doug, 
And it, I don't know, something happened. You know, it was the right time in my life. He didn't have any opponents to play. He made his girlfriend play. He made his brother play. He made his best friend play. <laughs> and they would sit down and they'd play it. You know, they'd push pieces, but they wouldn't get the rule book and try to yeah. learn. So, you know, might as well be playing your cat. But, uh, so he and I were doing an internship together uh, over the summer, and we kind of hit it off. And he said, you'd be interested. And we went over and played uh, Fighting Withdraw. And I borrowed his rule book, took it home, read it. Next thing I know, I'm buying my own rule book, buying yep. Beyond Valor. We played about a year, and we, I was online. I'm like, hey, what's this time on target stuff, this kinetic yeah, energy? And, and there's a tournament. Oh, my gosh. And so we went to Kansas City and thinking that we knew what we were going to do. We, you know, we're intelligent people, good players. And we learned real quick that we had really no idea what we were doing. And so at that point, that was really the only game I played. Then, as I just said before, I moved to St. You know, I played with Doug for a couple of years. Then I moved to St. Louis. And these guys that I was playing with in St. Louis, they started throwing other games out. Settlers of Catan, Blood Bowl. Uh, Twilight Imperium, things like that. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And they couldn't pull me away from ASL to play any of these other games. Finally, I sat down and played Settlers of Catan with a bunch of guys one time. And now I have a basement full of Euros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to try Catan yet, Jeff. I know you have it, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'll I do. don't have anybody to play it with. I'll, so. I'll, we'll have to play it with... Uh, yeah. We'll hire some friends to yeah. come in. So... <laughs> So, yeah, you, you, that went into Magic the Gathering. And just, oh, wow. Yeah. Got, so I've got a basement. My wife, whenever I say I need it, I'm like, ooh, that looks like a good game. She goes, you already have a basement full of games you don't play. Yeah, true. We're all guilty of that. Although I have managed to play all my miniatures in the last eight years, I think, because my wife was saying, I know you. these boxes of miniatures don't leave the shelf. And, so I kind of made a conscious effort play all through all the Ancients' armies and and play the Old West games and break out the biplanes and make sure I play them all. And we've been rotating through them okay. Yeah, yeah, we've done very well. Well, we noticed your opponent is waiting for you over yes. there. Yes, I need to get back and let Bob thrash me like, he, <laughs> like I'm sure he will. How are you doing at the tournament? I'm 2-2. Two and two. Oh. So. And Bob is also... Yes, he is. Okay. So. Well, I owe him because he, he, he won the Winter Wars tournament. He did. I know. I know. And he beat me in the first round when he shouldn't have. Oh. I'll go ahead and put this on the air, on the record. <laughs> I had the game won. I rolled, I rolled, he rolled three snipers in a row, recalled two of my vehicles, oh. killed my 9-1 leader that was stacked with a squad, a mean machine gun, and another squad, which all broke because of the leader lost task oh. check. And that flank cr- crumbled and... So it took out like four wow. fighting pieces. Yes. Really, two tanks and two squads. And a 9-1 leader. And, and yeah. So. Well, go get him. why we love Squally. That's why I owe him. Go get him. And Thank uh, you. Shall we uh, pass on a C4 countercutter? Yeah. I have a C4 countercutter. This is our gift okay. to you. No, not to you, Stu, but go back to your game. <laughs> yeah. For being our guest today. and Thank you. And for the beer, it's payback. Okay, yeah. yeah. If, if you guys make it down to the St. Louis tournament, I'll make sure to have some more Schlafly. We'll have some Schlafly's, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Beer. Wonderful. Okay. All right, thank you, Jim. All right, Thanks thank you, lot. guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. All right, good luck. Well, what a great tournament. That was a wonderful tournament. We had a good time. And we'll be bringing the listeners more of these interviews? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did uh, about five interviews, and we won't put them all in one show. We'll spread them out across 
a number of shows just kind of tantalize people. Yes, because we know you won't listen unless we have a really good interview with a famous person like Brett Hildebrand. Right. Um, Sam Tyson. Right. And, and Pete, many more. Pete, Pete Schelling. Schelling. What a treasure trove of interviews. Yeah. And one thing we recorded and got lost. Yeah, we actually had some technical difficulties, which, you know, considering it's been two years we've been on, it's really the first time that we have had a technical difficulty. Correct. Um, and I lost, uh, somehow I lost a file. Some stuff, yeah. And in that file was a review of ASL Journal Number 8. Journal Number 8 that I picked up from Alex Key, and we'll talk a little about Alex Keys. Yeah. We also lost Alex Alex's interview. Yes, which we apologize, is too bad. Alex. We'll get you it's in probably again. the best interview we've ever done. I think so. It's gone, yeah. But Alex, uh, sells lots of wargaming supplies. Yeah. Try and link him again. He was on an earlier episode, he interviewed a year ago at the tournament, right. and he offers uh, no shipping costs uh, if you can pick up your product at the tournaments that he gets to. Usually right. it's three a year. So you could save big money on that. You can get a discount on any items that you buy there. Everything is discounted. Yeah. Right? He said the discounts range from... And he sells all the squad leader products, pretty much all of it, and very at very good discounts and very reasonable shipping. And you right, no you handling can, charge. It's straight up shipping right? costs. Yep. And if you uh, if you've got a, a group like a squad leader group, and you're buying scads of stuff, you get extra discounts and that's correct. More deals on shipping and yep, all ship kinds them all of, together, and then you can yeah. distribute them to your friends. Yeah, I mean he's offering really a great service if you're not buying from Alex. And there's something seriously wrong with you. Unless you're buying from the Two Half Squads website, bottom of the page. Right. That's really the best way to we buy. We get a small pittance from... Yeah. I think we made $3 <laughs> on the so one far purchase this year. that we got. Yeah. yeah. So far this but, year. But hey, that's 3 bucks toward the next um, uh, payment to yeah. our pod hosts. That's right. So Journal 8. You got Journal 8. Journal that's, 8. That's a nice looking cover. I don't have it yet. A great I'm waiting cover. for my version. I'm waiting for my free one from... Uh, Whoever wants to send me one. I went ahead and bought this. I went ahead and paid cash. Oh, you're so old-fashioned. At least I got a discount from uh, Alex and didn't have to pay shipping on it. Yeah. But it is a fine product. And the cover is by Ken Smith. We will be actually interviewing Ken Smith later on in in an episode. Really? Because we made contact with him um, Mm -hmm. through – he's a fan. He's a fan, listens to the show, and we set him up with another player in his gaming area. Oh, that's right, yes. Now, Maybe he'll put your face on a cover. You know what? That could be my, my yeah. next goal once I become a counter. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. You'd look good in that. Uh, it would be good. We'll you look good in khaki. Ask him if he uses actual people to pose for these yeah. things and so on. Yeah. So looking into the inside cover, Jeff, debriefing. Debriefing. What is that? Does that mean you take off your underwear? This is where, no. No, I, I wear boxers, Jeff. Oh, um, I wear briefs. Yes, you could debrief. Yeah, but, I could. This What's is the, where you actually have rule addendums or corrections. And I go through and I write those into my rule book. And I do it dutifully. I mark them in scenario changes and I mark them into my rule book dutifully. And I'm very proud of that fact. Read one for us, Jeff. God, there's two-thirds of a page. That's not so bad. So this is – this is these are corrections yeah, for look, some are, version two of the rule book? No, it kind of says at the top of each category. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Some are VOTG, I thought. Oh, that's right, Valor of the Guards. Right, 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 right. So but some isn't. Like uh, B9.31, line, in line 8, replace wall slash hex 
with wall slash hedge. There you go. That would make more sense, too. Things like that. So I will go in and cross out the little part. And you write it in? And write it in teeny with a little arrow symbol going up. Oh, so really? Insert here. I guess I should start doing that. So is there a whole collection of briefs somewhere? And somebody have like a whole... If somebody would like to send me their briefs... <laughs> And actually, I think there there, briefs. somewhere online there is a collection of all the changes. So yeah, I'm far. sure there is. I'm sure you can access yeah. that. But I can't tell you where. If someone listener wants to send that in, we'll post it on the next show. Yeah, quite. quite then amazing. a view from the bench used to be the mound when when Mr. Schilling was more involved, but uh-huh. it's the bench now, and I don't know why. Is it from the Justice Dep- uh, Supreme Court? Oh, or the or uh, Yellowstone Park. Maybe Yellowstone. Or Jellystone. Why is there a bench there? Yeah, picnic tables. Oh, hey, boo-boo. I got me a picnic basket. (laughs) Do you know when we were camping at Jellystone Park where they have the – they used to have the guy dress up as Yogi Bear. I'm I'm sure they still do. Really? My sister was changing in the camper out of her swimsuit, Mm -hmm. and Yogi came and tried to get into the camper. Really? With all the little kids following him and cheering and stuff. My sister was screaming. Smarter and than dying. the average bear? <laughs> he certainly was. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get some honey or was something. Was Boo Boo there? there? <laughs> no, I don't think Boo Boo was following along. Yeah. Hey, Yogi. <laughs> and then the inside is the table of contents. Or is that the. Yeah, table of contents. Oh, I got it right. And we turn the page. You know what always amazed me about Yogi Bear? What? Well, he was smarter than the average bear and he had his own show. Uh-huh. I mean, just think if he had really applied himself, what he could have done. Could have went far. Yeah. Probably could have owned his own network. Yeah, barely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then. Press on. I'm not going to make any more jokes tonight. Page four. Crosstown traffic by Carl Noguera. A detailed look at rules for vehicle overrun. I read this article. Vehicle overrun. Excellent. You're slurring your words. <clears throat> vehicle Yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a, I'm a bad enunciator yeah. to begin with. No, I'm sure, not. the listener. Yes, yeah. you. I need to work on it. But you're so handsome. Always. Yeah. I, it makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> it. Yes, it does. But um, in this article, it was good. It was very good. We had done kind of an overrun show with Bob Holmstrom. I That's right. Yes. Some things that I had had learned when you attack. Well, here's. What you calling a patsy? Right. Who you calling a patsy? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, what are you talking to me? We used to pronounce it a P A A T C. Yeah. And then I learned it was patsy, which actually he says here, and pronounced patsy. Attack with close combat reaction fire an enemy armor fighting vehicle that has entered its own hex or if using street fighting in an allowed adjacent location in that movement phase and attack by some other means. LATW, for example, does not require a patsy. So when a vehicle is in your hex and you're going to use, in an overrun, you're going to use reaction fire against that vehicle. Yeah. I think I have always been making everyone roll a patsy to see if they can make the attack, regardless of what they use. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I didn't know the subtle difference, did you? Okay, and so say that again. So who who was exempt from the patsy? Um, An attack by some other means... Other than like just the squad. Tank w, oh, yeah, LATW, line any tank weapon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, perhaps it could be a, a DC, uh, something else. 
is not is no patsy. Yeah, there. Now that's big huh. if you have those weapons with you. Yeah, uh, you did a nice job with the article. Looks extensive. There's a lot of words on that page. Actually, bang for the buck. Yeah. There's a lot of words on this page. Yeah. Small arms fire on the IFT. He's got it on page six. Note in particular footnote A, which states that on the chart over on chart footnote A that even if buttoned up, open top players, writers, crew get hit with triple point blank fire. Although they still get a plus two modifier for being crew exposed in their vehicle, open topped, buttoned up. This is where they duck down in the half track, yeah, and you like can't a half track, right. see them, and they can't shoot out. Yeah. But when you're in their hack shooting at them, if they overrun you, you can shoot them with triple point blank fire. Ah, okay. How? They're buttoned up. Over the top? With Down through the roof. Hand with grenades, hand grenades, I yeah. guess. Yeah. You know what would that, that must represent that? Rocks. <laughs> Very small Probably. pebbles. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't actually did not know this. I'm sure I took a overrunning half track years ago. I haven't done it lately, but and didn't let people shoot at them because they're well, they're buttoned up. You can't shoot at them. Does, you when can. you read something like that, though, doesn't when I'm, doesn't it make you want to go back through the last? How many games have you played? Like a thousand twenty thousand fifty one thousand fifty. Don't don't you want to go back and redo all those? Yeah, in fact, I've already redone five hundred of those games. <laughs> in his article, he uses he references the. This sentence, the combined to hit modifier for the shot was plus seven, plus two for case J, plus two for case E, and plus three for case A. Quick, Jeff, what's case A? Um, let me think. Oh, wait a minute. Don't tell me. Uh, case A, case him? Yes. What's case J? <laughs> yeah, I would think I just, just write out what they are. Yeah. You know, you've already got the sentence there. Everything else is referred to pretty specifically, the modifiers. Yeah. I would write that out real quick so I don't have to... And especially new players, they're not going to know that. Now, this other thing I didn't know. If the defender is marked with a final fire counter when it is overrun by other than an unarmored vehicle with no passengers, riders, crew, and it can use triple point blank fire or an ordnance support weapon or a flamethrower or a thrown DC versus the vehicle, then it must do so. It must do so. That's the forced final protective fire. Ah. And this is the defenders marked with a final fire. You have to take another shot. And so you're being overrun by an AFV, a tank. And you already have final armed, fired. And you've already final fired and you have a DC. You've got to use it. You've got to do it. I believe that's what it's saying. If pinned and possessing a flamethrower or DC, it would be required to use final protective fire, close combat reaction fire. And or in the middle, unless final protective fire, close combat reaction fire is allowed, and it opts to use that instead, oh, then it could do that instead. Otherwise, you'd have to use the BC. That's pretty obscure. Okay, I'm looking. But, I'm looking out through the microphone, through the electronics, and across the airwaves, and I can see half of our listeners are shaking their heads like, "What?" Yep. And the other half are nodding their heads and they're thinking, "Oh, <laughs> it's." Very legally still, but this was a great article. It means something to somebody and not as much to others, but... Well, it means... We're all better for it. If you (laughs) can use triple point plague fire, then it must do so. And if you 
are already out of your final protective fire, then you, oh, and if you're pinned and possessing a flamethrower, it would be required to use the, the reaction fire instead because you can't use a DC or a flamethrower when you're pinned. Yeah. Also. And on through some pretty good graphics, you think? Yeah, or? lots, lots of, lots of pretty pictures. And quite an extensive. I may have article. to actually purchase one of these. You might need to. Yeah. I was going to, actually, the other day at the ASL Open, but my wife had to go on for an emergency root canal. That's and so true. The, the $16 that I was going to pay Alex for this, or, or how much is that? What's Alex's price on the journal? This is a $20 journal. It's maybe $18 or something. I forget. Anyway, I no longer had that money because the endodontist had my money. Oh, well, why didn't you just use universal health care? <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. What else is in there? By what author? Agony of Defeat by Mark Pitkavich. I read this one, too. Because mm-hmm. we're recording this a, a day after the open. I spent yeah. a lot of time reading in that day and, and a half, two days. But great tactics for why new players don't do well. So new players, something for you here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Advice like, you know, again, don't stack. We've heard that enough. No designated fallback position. Problems recognizing approach paths of your enemy. Yeah. You don't realize they can bypass, bypass, and then get behind you. And as we know, when we spoke with Mark, he's talking about putting together a whole book, a book's worth of strategy for playing squad. Yeah, this might be And so this is a little bit of that, I'm I'm thinking. Yeah. Poor fire discipline, shooting when people try and get you to shoot at the half squad running across the street yeah. two blocks away. Right. <laughs> it's not going to affect you this turn. And then Novus is on the attack. Your failure to isolate the battlefield. Topics like that. And, Jeff, you can do this one. All right. <clears throat> then here on page uh, 19 of this hefty volume of Journal 8, a preview of Hacapella. The last ASL uh, core module Possibly. by Lars Turing and Tomo Lucari. Lars. Yep. How about that? So you read through that, this mm-hmm. preview of Hakapali, and you knew what they were talking about. I did. You can read a few examples of... Well, I didn't bring my glasses. Oh, that's right. You have a yeah. problem, don't you? Yeah. Well, we kind of mentioned them before, probably. the Prepared fire lanes, those uh, Arasan vehicles that are... On skis with a big propeller in the back to push them across the snow. Oh, right, yeah. A lot of cool stuff coming up Yeah, in HP. Now, it, it's maybe interesting. Maybe 16 scenarios, maybe 16. Let's I, hope 16. I listened to our episode 19 today, just going back, tripping through yesteryear. Oh, yes. And um, in there, we were talking about how Hakapella was supposed to come out last year. I thought they had said here by we Christmas. Are. Yeah, by Christmas of last year. But I think we said on another show, they meant it would be getting done playtesting by Christmas. And it's wrapping up now, so January, February, March, April, May. Okay, we're five months again behind So this schedule. year, probably. He says yes in this okay. journal. Okay. Chaz. Yes, Chaz, you go. Good to know. Well, I'm going to save my money. I'm going to make sure my wife brushes her teeth so we don't have any more of those. Root canals coming up, yeah. taking all my money. Simple, proper hygiene. Yeah. And then there's an article here, the uh, Magic Fire Brigade. Two expert players examine scenario J113 to show there's more than one way to skin a cat. 
and they both do a defensive setup. And I would like to point out, Jeff, that I had asked you to do a defensive, defensive setup for the same scenario I was going to have. Do you remember I brought mine over oh, to yes, your house? Oh, yes, right. You didn't do it. Right. That's on my list <laughs> so of things could, to do. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> so we couldn't record Jeff and I doing a defensive setup. And now everyone is stealing our idea. Yeah. Boy. So let's get on that. Let's get that done for another show. I'll have to read this, too, because it's by might... our, our new friend, Brett Hildebrand. He is our new friend. Yeah. We interviewed him. You'll be hearing that in a later episode. We yes. need to pull in a big listener audience. Yeah. Uh, also included here in the journal are how many scenarios? Maybe 10? More. 12? They're double-sided. Whoa. So lots of cool scenarios. Jeff doesn't have his glasses. Yeah, it's really hard for me to read. I'm, I must be getting old. And lots of them are Russian-German, so if you are an early player, a new player, and just have Beyond Valor, you'll get a lot of use out of the scenarios. That's good to know. A couple Japanese, not a lot. Yeah, it's good to know. Then a uh, nice article here, uh, Turning the Tide, 20 more updated ASL scenarios by Jim Stoller. So these are these are little overviews of all of the scenarios that they've included here in the journal. And I did not finish reading that article. I would... It, it, it's I dutifully read most everything i'll get back to it later but it seems to me when you're ready to play those scenarios read through it before you do yeah and so does this just talk about the scenario it doesn't give you actually any strategy a f- ideas a few, it'll, he'll say oh, like most players tend to defend the hill yeah others try but it, yeah so i would you can get a little bit of advice if you'd like or read an overview to see if you might want to play the scenario without actually looking at all the scenarios might work that way right and why wouldn't you want to play a scenario why wouldn't you because yeah, it's long <laughs> oh yeah that's the only thing that really deters me is the really long ones or it has night rules don't, don't be afraid of the night yeah, I'm not now you will learn why you fear the dark that was james earl jones and conan oh okay Sorry. <laughs> wow that's obscure. Uh, moving right along, page 50, Normandy, 1944, action pack for notes from a designer. So these are uh, by Ian uh, Daglish. And we are going to review his book. He kindly sent one to us. I'm pretty well enjoying that book. It's all kinds of cool stuff in it. Give you a big update on a future show, hopefully soon. What's the book about? Is it a history? Yeah, yeah. He's a history writer. So it's called... Over the Battlefield, Operation Blue Coat. And he's, I think it's his third, hmm. but I'll, we'll do it on a future show. Cool. So that's nice to see that. And then a uh, guides to the rules for setup in ASL by uh, David Ollie. So just how to, this is also good for newer players. Yes, actually, it is very good for newer players. Goes through and reminds you how things should be set up when you're setting up. For instance, where to put crest status uh, markers. You know when when can things be hidden, concealment place placement, and all kinds of stuff like that. Very useful. I'm looking forward to borrowing this from you while mine is in the mail. You could, yeah. And it includes some uh, tips for making the transition from the ASL starter kit to ASL. Yes, which is also helpful for new players. And I had read, not the tips yet, but I did read the setup one, and a lot of them are very good. Pulls rules from different parts of the rule book and gets them into one section there if you want to use it as a quick reference guide. Yeah. 
So this is especially nice. Now, I'm not an expert on the journals. I have a couple of them, but it seems to me like this one has a nice variety of stuff for experienced players and for newer players. That is correct. Which is really great. So you newer, newer players definitely buy this Journal 8. Um, I think we end up here with uh, Priests on the Line. This is an article, a scenario analysis by Mark Shostak from the Texas ASL group, who was on our show. Our other good friend. Ago. Yep. Very, very, very close personal friend of mine. What's his name? Shostak? Sh- yeah. Sh- <laughs> really? Really good friend. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. And then there's a... Uh, oh, in the back, there's more debriefing um, for the Doomed Battalion, 3rd edition. So, Dave, you gotta you got to go through more stuff and make your little corrections in your rule book. Correct. I'll give this to you. You better do this. I want you to do this tonight, and I'd like a report back on that tomorrow. Well, maybe I'll do it tomorrow and give you a report the next day. Okay, well, that's that wraps up Journal 8, which is really... Uh, a treasure trove of delightful bits. Go out and get your journal eight right away. Indeed. What else do we have, Dave? Well, I believe you have my copy. <laughs> do you ever buy anything yourself, Jeff? No. My copy of... Oh. Winter Offensive Special Pack. Yeah, the bonus pack. The Winter Offensive... Bon- Where did you get this? From hmm. Alex Keys. Oh, you did. Alex yes. Key. Key, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Key. It's... All right, so here's the winter offensive oh, bonus pack which you can <laughs> which you can find on the MMP website. Uh, I'll look up the price here in a minute or you can get it from Alex. Oh, it's $8 on the MMP website. If you don't buy from the MMP website, go there and spend $8 and get this. Right, I'm going to do another James Earl Jones from Conan for okay. you. Okay. That power. You like that? Not a splay. <laughs> oh, okay. Never, never mind that. <laughs> How did you find that soundbite? I just give you my little secret. <laughs> that. In fact, I don't remember it being that way. I thought it was like, that is power. Well, we always remember. That is force. But yeah, that's good. I guess I'm wrong. I, I haven't listened. I haven't watched Conan in a long time. Because listen? I dedicate all my time to Squad Leader. Or your lovely wife, Robin. Or my lovely wife, or lo- lovely wife, Robin. And your lovely wife, too. Yeah. So the Winter Offensive bonus pack is is not really big. It's only $8, so you don't expect a lot of stuff. But it is two very nice scenarios and a board, Board 59. Which is cool. Which is very cool. What's that going through the middle, Jeff? Well, there's a river running through it. A river runs through it. Yes, it, yes, it does. It's actually a stream, I think. Folks. This is very nice. It's very alpine looking to me, and I don't know it has if it's no, supposed to be. But it has no alpine hills on it. Well, yeah, it's not. <laughs> there are alpine hill rules, you know. Uh, yeah. Remember what they are? No. On the hilltop, you can't see. Oh shoot! I don't know what they are either. But something like you can't see adjacent. No, you can't see beyond two hexes away. It creates. Oh, a, because of the uh, much more jaggedy hilltop. Uh, yeah, and I kind of like those rules actually a lot. Yeah, but alpiney. Well, I don't know why it looks alpiney to me. Village. You know what I think it is is the is the uh, this interesting building here at uh, W nine or W seven. The Twistoflex building. Well, it looks like it looks like a, a chalet, a lodge. It is very or cool. something like that. Yeah, and the river yeah, kind of says the valley. The river, it's yeah. not really a valley, like in the Tyrol or something. And there are a few hills. And look at the grain on that hill. Yeah, there's grain that goes from 
level zero up to a level one hill. I don't believe I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I don't think it's even possible. <laughs> well, it is now because they did it. It's sci-fi. a miracle, man. Yeah, it is. It is. What I don't like is put the scenario on the back of a back of the front, the you know the cover, which has artwork on it. Yeah. And so the scenario is on the back of scenario French toast and bacon, which is Russians against Germans in uh, Luxembourg. Oh, it's Americans. I'm sorry, Americans. They have a white star. Yes, right. In Luxembourg. She's a bussing girl from Luxembourg. I hold the Dario. And also the other scenario is called Failure to Communicate. takes place in Belgium, 1940, with elements of the French... Against the Germans. French elements. So, bonus pack. Winter Offensive bonus pack. Get that. You don't have to get that, people. Just listen to our podcast. We don't care. Send us the money. What was the name of that second scenario? Uh, Scenario... Oh, Failure to Communicate. What we've got here is Failure to Communicate. Very well said. And through the magic of podcasting, you know what we have here? A failure to communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. other than that, a failure to make an interesting show. <laughs> we have the results from the 2010 ASL Open. Yep. How about that? Which is, which is pretty good. So who came in first, Jeff? Our friend Bob Holmstrom? Uh, no. Alas, Tim no. Though so he will always be... First in our book. Tim Klepeshek? Yeah. <laughs> no. And Rich Spilkey? Mike's almost. Dubitz? No. Rich Spilkey? No. Almost? Almost. Bob Bendis? No. Well, let's just skip reading the results. It was <laughs> Randy Rossi. Randy Rossi. Randy Rossi. Congratulations to Randy Rossi. Out of 50 players, he came in first. Congratulations, so, Randy. And I, I don't remember if we met Randy during the, the weekend. but not No. He has longer hair and a long beard. Okay. Looks kind of like an aging hippie. Looks like I would like to look like, yeah. except I have to teach in public school. Yeah. Um, looks very cool guy. Mm-hmm. Really fit. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Yep. Must be a nice guy. And But uh, in second place, Rich Spilkey. Rich Spilkey. Way very to go, Rich. Nice going, What's Rich. the point differential between the two of them? Uh, a mere two points separated them, if I can see. Oh, no, one point. One point. I have to make a very funny face in order to see this. You know what, Can Dave? you bring it closer to I your head get or something? Like, Ouch. You should be able to read it either far away or I hope the wind doesn't up. blow on my face. I'll be stuck like this. It's true. Uh, who came in third? Do you have the list there? No, you do. Oh. <laughs> what are you holding? I'm holding some uh, scenario analysis. Oh, okay. Just breeze through. Uh, third place, Stan Jackson. Stan Jackson. Fourth place, Brett Hildebrand. Brett Hildebrand, our new friend. Yeah, our new buddy. Keep going. Uh, fifth place, Larry Zoet. Larry Zoet. I believe, I believe that is. Um, number s- in sixth place, Doug Kirk. Doug Kirk? Not Kirk Doug. Not Kirk Plus. Douglas. <laughs> Are you afraid to die, Spartacus? No more than I was to be born. How's that for a, how's that, how's That'll that, work well. How's that for a Kirk Douglas imitation? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Did that get us through our top ten? I promise I will not quit my day job. Uh, number seven, Bob Bendis. Bob, he pulled into seventh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Because he was stinky in the first two games. Yeah, he lost the first two games, but and he won last year, right? Yeah. He won the ASL one yeah. last year, yeah. Very flashy dresser, Bob. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's got his own thing going on. I like that. Uh, Bill Hayward came in eighth place. And I did meet Bill briefly. Did he you? He helps run the Open. Oh, okay. Oh, that's Bill. Okay. Yes, I met him too. Uh, Wes Vaughn mm-hmm. came in ninth, and Jeff DeYoung came in tenth. And we interviewed Jeff DeYoung. Jeff DeYoung. His boards, yeah, too. Creates those great 3D boards and uh, all that cool stuff. So that's the top 10. Uh, obviously, 50 players there, each and every one of them. Great guys. Yeah, and what was I'm really sure. neat about it, you know, we got to go to, to um, lunch with some new friends. Yeah. Well, Sam, you know, we throw the word friends around a bit too liberally here, but uh, yeah. Sam and uh Well, if it Bob, suits us, we'll call them friends, yes. Bob, what was Bob's last name? Bob Brown. Bob Brown. Bob Brown, actually. How did Bob, he score? He came in last. Oh. 50th. Sorry, Bob. But he had a great yeah. time. He had a very good time. I think he had a really good time, and he was a very nice guy. I liked him. Yep. And he learned to play squad leader but yeah. better. You know? Yeah. That's the whole point. Yep. Well, I have another sheet here from the Open. He printed out the scenarios and their records. So Cornwall's Cornwall, Cornwall's rum ration. Don't know that where that one came from, yeah. but it's one of the scenarios. British won, Germans eight victories. Hmm. 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 Balanced? Don't, Don't know. know. We should we should look on Roar. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. Here stands the Legion, French two, German six. Mm-hmm. So, and then some of these have too small of a plane to really judge. Yeah. Zero to one, two to one. Uh, Krupy Station, Russians four, German three. Maybe that one's pretty well balanced. Yeah. And then it depends who played who. Maybe it depends how close were the games. Yeah, okay, The true. Germans won eight to one. Was it the last die roll in four of them? Yeah. Then that's still a balanced scenario. And a thing like this, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's true. What it really means. Uh, Friday the 13th. We ain't going to stand for no weirdness out here. Again. Wow, who would have thought there was even a quote worth quoting from Friday the 13th? Yeah, I did a good job on that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, are the, you are the master of the soundbite. <laughs> and that was Friday the 13th. It you're, went... You're fired. Oh, please. It went <laughs> Russians 5, German 5. Uh, sorry, on what? Oh, on Friday the 13th? It's actually a scenario. Yeah. Oh, okay. Forest Devil, Bulgarian 5... German three, so uh, by ourselves, Norwegian three, German five, that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. it's interesting that he does this, get an idea of some of the scenarios. It's nice yeah. to at least track it. It so. is nice, yeah. Well, Jeff. Good time was had by all. I had actually one of the best times I've ever had at a tournament. Yeah. And people kept saying to me, you know, you should play. Why aren't you playing? I said, I'm having too good of a time not playing. Yeah. You know. It was really fun just walking around, and the, the, we we walked around. We we walked up to uh, oh yeah, who yeah, was yeah. playing Mike Stubitz? Spilky. Oh, Rick three Spilky and, and Mike's uh, yeah. Stubitz and Spilky Stubitz was three and zero, oh, and he was very excited. So was Spilky, and Spilky was too, right? And so they, we we know them both, yeah. and they were in a duel to the death. Yeah, and we walked up there and started you know, just talking, talking a little bit, not disrespectfully, <laughs> no, but talking a little bit. And, kind of, oh, and hey, Rich was talking to us. What's the victory and, condition? What's the? Yeah. yeah, and Rich was speaking to us, and then. Um, but Mike was sitting there with his head in his hands, yeah. looking down at the board. He was really concentrating. And then he, he kind of looks like he maybe finished a turn, and then he went, "Go on," meaning Spilky to play. I think, 
Oh, maybe so. But I thought he was course, telling us to leave. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Both. Either way, yeah. it was time to go. Yeah. And so, no offense, Mike, it was marvelous. And he yeah. did actually, he apologized later. He did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, you don't have to apologize. You're playing in a tournament. Well, he said something oh, like, did you, you guys, people distracting were you? you guys up at my table talking to me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah. It's a vague memory. I'm not sure. <laughs> but no, it was cool. It was yeah, cool, it was Mike. Cool. So good luck yeah. to everyone. It's great walking around. Just and and you know if you are nervous about going to a tournament, tournament or don't want to play in a tournament, you should go anyway, and just walk around, meet the people, and talk to the players uh, between games and stuff yeah. like that, and see all the cool stuff. Storage. I love seeing the way people store their stuff. You know, Bob Bendis, of course, who's infamous maybe for his sort of laissez-faire storage mm. system, which is like three pieces of Tupperware. <laughs> he just throws everything. <laughs> uh, which is pretty amazing. And other guys, of course, very meticulous. Guys have like these huge coffin-sized tubs. On wheels that they on cart wheels around. That, with stuff. And yeah, just, it was really fun. And you don't have to stay the whole day. Go for half yeah. a day. Yeah. So, but support your tournament. All right, everybody. Area. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, next time we've got a, we're going to have a really good show, aren't we? For a change, we're hoping for a change. It's about time. <laughs> we're hoping to get to OBA at Jeff's suggestion. He's probably right. Yes, offboard artillery. And uh, of course, Dave's going to insist on an art review. Oh, good. Yeah, box I'm looking forward review. to that. Yeah, box art review and some now, other gems. And uh, do they call it offboard artillery in the army? They call it off-planet artillery. <laughs> It's off. Major, we're getting, we're, we got yeah. real trouble here. We better call in the off-board artillery. It's not very historical, can no, it be? No, I don't think so. I mean, they use a lot of other terms if that are really If the world was flat, correct. it could be like off the world, flat, the world's flat. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Listen next time, and you, you too will have the secret. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Until then, roll low and rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Wasabi chip. That wasabi, that is yummy stuff. Here, watch. I'll make myself sneeze. <laughs> Are you going to put that in your nose? No, in my mouth. <laughs> it goes right to the nasal sinus gills. It's a miracle of Japanese technology. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. You're the one that ate it, and I'm choking. Oh, God.